What's up guys and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And my name's Ian. And along with Paul, join us as we bumble our way through the gaming industry. So pop the kettle on, grab a brew, and let's get on with today's episode. That we shall. But I'll tell you what, Ian, this week, the weeks just seem to be absolutely flying by this year. I, I cannot believe how fast this year is going. Tell me about it. I'm exhausted um, to think we're nearly a quarter of a way through the year already. I know how it's it's scary, man. It's like I, I literally felt like we were sort of not singing Christmas sing- songs like yesterday because, you know, none of us were together at Christmas to sing the damn songs this year. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, have you been up to anything fun this week? Um, depends how you use the terminology fun. Now, I've had an okay week. Um, it's been a really busy one. Um, I had a new bed delivered last week, which I still haven't even got around to putting together yet. Just gives an example of how busy it actually is. Um, yeah, we're sort of good news, bad news, indifferent news, all flying around. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I've been exceptionally, exceptionally busy this week. Um, it seems to be that you finished doing your sort of house renovations and stuff last week really in preparation for for your bed and passed all of that joyous stuff on to me uh because yeah i'm come next week or by the time this podcast comes out i am actually going through having my room my stairs my landing my hallway all renovated at the same time because i'm an idiot So literally right now I am pinned up against my computer desk in order to record this podcast by furniture from different rooms. So yeah, great fun on that part. However, positive notes, I have (laughs) had some lovely deliveries this week of games and miniatures and all sorts of other goodness, which yeah, that's uh, that's put a smile back on my face. But yeah. Something else put a smile back on my face was the news from you. Obviously, last week you had a job interview, didn't you? How did that go? Um, it's probably one of the best interviews I've ever done. Um, I got the job. I got the offer the job in under 24 hours. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, and I am looking forward to... I, I don't want to say new career direction because it's just enhancing the career direction I'm already on. It's still mm. working towards me being a therapist, but I'm now going to be a mental health care worker for a little while very very nice so the past year for you has been a real sort of it's actually been a a massive positive really isn't it like new job now yeah the last 14 15 months have been insane um i've got divorced um i've had issues with college that have now sorted themselves out i've been made redundant got a new job and actually finally got a job that pays well and almost like career sort of helping i've got a new partner you know it's all been moving forward so it's all onwards and upwards excellent i'm i'm really glad that you know things are sorting themselves out for you as well because you know it's something that was very overdue for yourself so <laughs> big uh big celebrations here at the people minded hq for ian when we can of course have celebrations <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we do this every single week, and we say this every single week. This is a tabletop gaming podcast. It's not about us. It's about those lovely tabletop games. So how about we dive into this week's subject, Ian? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. We've mentioned it before. 
and it's finally coming. This is all the expansions for Flashpoint Fire and Rescue. That it is. We talked about the base game two short weeks ago. We did tell you we were going to talk about the expansion separately, and by God, are we going to do that today in droves? I am excited. I know Ian's excited. Yeah. Um, what's the best way do we do? Should we do them in release order? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But before we dive in, as I did a blurb last week, uh, I shall join in with a blurb this week. <laughs> Go for it. So, your team's ready. You've, you've, you've dealt with the house fire. You've helped um, rescue the people, including the cat and the dog. But what happens when the buildings get bigger? The, the, the challenges get greater. The maps change. The rules change. And even the game changes. How do you cope? How do you work together? And how do you stay alive? Join us as we work through all of the expansions for Flashpoint Fire and Rescue. Excellent. Another fantastic introduction there from our very own Ian. Um, and yeah, let's dive into these expansions. So... The very first one that was actually released for this game was called Urban Structures back in 2011. Do you remember this one, Ian? Not in the actual timeline of things, but I never got it as a Kickstarter exclusive. Uh, but it is, it is a good map. It gives you two additional maps on a double-sided board. Brownstone, which is an urban duplex apartment, and High Rise, which is an office building. Um, including elevator spaces, light walls, and heavily reinforced walls. This one amused me with the rulebook as well, because they had to put a specific warning saying, do not use an elevator in a real fire. <laughs> of course they had to put that in there. Of course they did. <laughs> it, remi it's a, it reminds me of a story I had uh, of a shop in Amsterdam, but unfortunately, family-friendly podcast, I can't actually tell that story here, but if you want to hear it, you know where come, to find me. <laughs> come join us on the Discord. There's all sorts of carnage on there. Oh, yes, indeedy. <laughs> so, yeah, Urban urban Structures. This this is a really, really good expansion. Uh, the maps themselves add so much to the game as well. And considering this was the first official expansion, it, it really was surprising how much it changed the game. Um. I mean, what what would you say off the bat? What's what's the highlights that you have from urban structures? Giving you the options with the additional maps, you know, having a high rise building that you've got to try and get in and out of. They made like either the lift or the ladders outside with the fire engines your only way in and out of the building, and requiring more actions to get in and out. Mm. And another thing we never mentioned, we added the structural engineer as a um, character as a crew member. Yes, um, who can either clear hotspots or repair damaged walls, and in a later expansion they had to actually edit this um, option because um, the, the, one of the last expansion changes some of the actual game rules, so they had yeah. to tweak this this character so that you had, you still got use out of it. Yeah, I mean I think it's safe to say that um, before the latest expansion, which obviously we will get to later this was a game changer mainly because of that structural engineer, because you had that ability to actually clear the hotspots um, and repair the damaged walls, which were two different ways that you could easily lose the game in like a matter of turns. So that was a, that was a real game changer. That was the, the 
game changer for me in that expansion. Yep. Okay, so moving on is the second expansion that came for the game, which was actually called Second Story. Now, that was released in 2012. It came with two buildings named Villa and Hotel. Both of these buildings introduce a new game mechanic of having two floors, which immediately made the game harder because obviously it's a bigger map. Uh, Having two floors means players need a way to scale those floors, and as such, the expansions also introduces portable ladders, staircases, and windows. The additional um, things that come in this expansion are action point trackers and explosion markers. So, Ian, what's your experience with Second Story? So, it's been a while um, since we've managed to go through all of these with lockdown and everything, and me and Jason had a discussion before we started this podcast, and I'm not even entirely sure if I actually own this expansion or not, which either means it's underwhelming or we just haven't had much experience with this expansion. Mm, yeah. um, some of the markers that come with this game come with some of the other expansions anyway. I mean, I recognize the ladders and staircases, etc. But if that does mean I own this, which I, I thought I owned all of the expansions, so there's a good chance I do, um, it means this is a bit more of one of the underwhelming uh, expansions, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that you actually owned all of them, and the names definitely ring a bell of those buildings. Um, I can safely say that in the games we've played, we very rarely play with the two-story game boards. However, I know we have played with the two-story game board, but that, as we have discovered, could actually be from the third expansion, which we will go into now, which is called Extreme Danger. So... This is one that I do enjoy, and I definitely know that we've played a lot. So this one gives us two new maps, the laboratory, which is another two-story building, and the mechanics garage, which is a one-story building. Both maps can be combined with an included add-on board featuring the basement or attic, and this add-on board can be combined with the second story to allow for greater playable area. A 12-sided die is included as well, so you can use these expanded sections. Similar to the second story, the game also includes the ladders, staircases, and windows, which is why we can't tell whether I do or don't have the last (laughs) expansion. Yep. Whilst also introduced damaged floors, fire doors that can jam when they're hit with an explosion, and dangerous objects that can either explode or create a chemical spill. And finally, the hydronic platform can be chosen to replace the deck gum. Comes with its own box, includes firefighter-specific miniatures with coloured bases. Kickstarter backers, when they did it, also got a bonus pack featuring different victims and locked doors. They don't come with the retail version that I have, but they have been re-released later on down the line, which we'll come to later. Indeed, yes. So yeah, there's a lot of confusion between us at the moment as to whether it's this one that we are very familiar with because obviously we now have a way of playing the second floor without having the second story expansion um but i'm I'm also pretty sure that we have played that second story expansion so it it might just be a case of it's not as uh, game-changing as this one for example which as you can probably tell from what comes in this pack is a bit more on the game changer this is probably the first expansion they released where i really thought you know, the get the game is getting bigger and better every single time now. Yeah, I, I have enjoyed many a game with this expansion. Yeah, the the boxes because I actually own this expansion as well. Um, this box is the one I use to store all of the map packs in, 
whereas all the tokens and everything at minis and that they're in the other box going against yeah. my usual thing of having one box for everything you can't do that with this game however speaking of minis i think we can segue nicely onto the next expansion which is one of my favorites but also pretty much the smallest expansion they've done it's a pretty useless expansion but it is also probably one of the best just because of what it's called and what's in it <laughs> so this one is the veteran and rescue dog yeah it is literally <laughs> two characters and two minis that's it one of which is a dog yeah who doesn't want to play as a dog <laughs> a dog which can't put out fires but has a ridiculous <laughs> amount of action points he it dragged does. people out like a good boy he does and makes it even more hilarious when you get the dog rescuing the cat <laughs> or the other firefighters well this is true this is true <laughs> the worst thing i always find about this expansion though is Whenever we play now, let's be honest, I play as the dog and <laughs> the dog kind of has one role. You know, with so many action points and movement, he is the one that goes around getting people out. And for the most part, I just run around like a lunatic, you know, <laughs> not actually doing anything. So the dog is one of those characters, rescue dog is one of those characters that in certain situations is the best thing to have on your team. Yeah. But there are so many turns when he's got like action points to spare and just sweet sod all left to do with them. <laughs> Again, it was kind of an unnecessary expansion, I think, when you really think about it. I mean, this one actually confused me because it is listed generally as a Kickstarter exclusive when they did the Extreme Danger Kickstarter pledge. However, this is actually probably one of the easiest of the expansions to come by, which doesn't say a lot considering how harder it is to come by any of these expansions but this one is probably the easiest being that it's in stock in most places and uh, just a quick one for the veteran as well as we haven't really mentioned much bear in mind there's not a lot to this expansion anyway the veteran brings in a new um op option for spending your action points called dodge so he can um, spend his saved action points to uh, effectively dodge damage which is quite nice and yes. give that to other other characters on the board. That, I mean, that's probably the most game-changing thing in, in this set, but unfortunately it's always sidelined because of the dog. <laughs> yeah. The dog has 12 action points. Most um, regular um, firefighters have four. Yeah, yeah. It's, but the it, dog it's literally, crazy. He can't move into fire. He can, only, he can either move for one action, squeeze through a damage wall for two actions, reveal that the... the um, uh, victims in adjacent spaces or carry victims for four action points of movement. Yeah. <laughs> but that is all the dog can do. But he can leg it for the entire length of a house when the fire's at a karma point. Oh, yes. So yeah. it's, it, it, it's a good balanced one because it's not broken by any means because he can be completely useless at times. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's worth having as an option. So moving on. This is another one. Now, this one actually changes things up quite a bit, to be fair, because up to this point, when you're firefighting everything, it's all on land. It's all, you know, buildings of, of various sizes. And the next expansion was called Dangerous Waters. And in Dangerous Waters, it adds another two maps to the game. But those maps are actually a merchant ship and a submarine. And yeah, it added, obviously, a new mechanic in the sense of you needed bulkheads that you know, in the game, they can't be damaged, which is cool. You had fireproof doors. Um, and again, this one came out at the same sort of time as the Extreme Danger Kickstarter, but Dangerous Waters is actually one of those games I actually 
it's just one of the expansions, sorry, that I really, really like because it changes what you're doing. So how do you feel about it? It's really good. There's a lot to it with much tighter maps and, you know, much more difficult to actually control the fire on. Um, I will put one caveat in. This is probably one of the last expansions I got. Uh, when the very last Kickstarter came out, I was able to backfill and get the missing expansions I didn't have before. And this was one of them. So we haven't had much opportunity to play too much with these expansions. So I don't want to say too much, you know, in regards to not having the playtime that these maps deserve. Mm, yeah. But they are good fun. Yeah. So, yeah, that is uh, Dangerous Waters. Uh, we got two more. Well, two more physical ones that we want to talk about. <laughs> and there's there's a little hint there as to what might be coming. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll let Ian go for the next one. What What's the next one, Ian? Honour and Duty. Again, this is another really good um, expansion. So this expansion includes the maps Subway Station and Airfield kind of give a little hint on what they are <laughs> and adds the ability to fire the, fire the deck gun with foam Woohoo! Uh, we foam party <laughs> yep <laughs> you also receive the fire prevention specialist um, and a game board with an alternative attic and basement that can be used with extreme danger nice if you did the kickstarters yes um, I, I will say yeah. there's, there's one particular thing I didn't like about this expansion and it actually revolves around the fire prevention specialist. I did not like the fact that it didn't come with a miniature. Uh, it does eventually, though. It did. It do- oh, sorry, it does eventually. But the fact that it didn't come with it at the time, especially as all the other uh, specialists at the time had had a miniature, I felt that that was a bit of a missed opportunity with that one. Yeah. But that being said, that particular expansion is is pretty good. The the maps themselves are are good. But I love the idea of changing the deck gun to shoot with foam um you know it's a pretty standardized thing now i think with most firefighting forces is that a lot of the time they do actually use foam as opposed to water yeah so yeah that was pretty cool for me it's the maps um the subway station is a really cool map and it's really hard to navigate you know jumping between the two trains that are there requires lots of action points Mm. and a long way to get back and forth uh, and with few few exit points, you know they're they're all bunched up at the, either side. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of tight spaces and easy to flash the fire around. Yeah, I suppose that sort of replicates uh, the real life firefighting in a, in a subway station or underground stations we know it as in the UK. Yeah. Because you know at the end of the day they're big long narrow corridors. And you same know. principle with the airfield. You have a massive plane with an explodable engine on the front. You mm. know it's just. Or on the site, on the wing, you know. So you've got to navigate extra new mechanics and try and work out where's best to position everything. Yeah. And now, I think we're going to move on to the very latest expansion. Which, considering this was released back in 2017, I, I get the feeling we're due another one at some point. But I'd like uh, to hope so. This yeah. is by far the best expansion they have done to Flashpoint. Yes this i can't play without this expansion anymore um it changed the game so much for the better and took out some a lot of the luck factor that the game struggled with Mm. yeah so yes the tragic events expansion it was released back in 2017 as i said to date this is hands down 
the hardest expansion to come by. I have not managed to find it as of yet. Uh, at a reasonable price, I, I will add. We, you can get it, but you pay through the nose for it. Um, and the reason Ian says that this changes everything is because it actually replaces the original hotspot mechanic in the base game back from you know 2011 and it replaces it with event cards which actually makes things so much better so i wouldn't say easier but it makes the actual gameplay experience balanced so this this expansion gives you two decks so you either have basic um, fire rages cards so you just roll the fire dice resolve the fire like you normally would or you have an accelerate card where you have to do two fire rolls. You add then a flare up card to the fire deck. You then reveal an event card, which I'll come on to in a minute. And then you shuffle the entire discard pile, including the accelerate card, back to restart the fire fire rages deck again. The flare ups are a similar sort of thing where you do two two fire rolls and do an event card, but you also gain two saved action points for your character. And you um, then reveal another fire card from the top of the deck. So if you let too many flare-ups build in the deck, you have a big issue of like spiraling through your deck like the hotspot mechanic used to. Yep. But the event cards I mentioned, there are some good ones, there are some bad ones, and there are some hilarious ones. Then um, they will do something to the board. They might um, like one of them is you forgot to save your game is the title, <laughs> and it makes you put a saved victim back into the pool of. Um, tokens to be rescued again there are others in there that add special survivors in like one of them is a um a human with a oxygen tank that can explode and requires more action points to move one spawns a pair in so you have two people to rescue instead of one you know there's there's a critically wounded character that's or you know that's either slow to move or um, needs to be healed before they can be moved so there's lots added yeah um into the game just on just on the two decks alone and on top of this it gives you three characters as well yeah so you get the three additional specialists and their associated miniatures as well now i mean this one actually did confuse me a little bit because this is the point that you got the miniature for the fire prevention specialist but that was also one of the specialists listed as an addition to this so what what was the reason that they did both of those i, I can't it's Kickstarter exclusives, so the people who couldn't get the Kickstarters or didn't know, bear in mind how old this game is now, mm. this is an opportunity for them to get the specialists. The other thing to note is they also, this is the expansion that had to replace the structural engineer as well, um, because obviously with no hotspots, uh, they had to change the options for what they can do. Yes, yeah. Um, obviously the the structural engineer... It goes all the way back to I think it was the it was the very first expansion, isn't it? Yeah, the very first expansion uh, back in 2011. So yeah, it was it was needed of an update because it was only really good at one thing, which was obviously um, clearing hotspots, and the hotspot doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> very much so. So I think it's pretty obvious what our favourite uh, <laughs> expansion is. Um, clearly, it's the uh, veteran and the dog. But <laughs> but no, all joking aside, Tragic Events was the game changer for this game. And like I said, this, this came out in 2017. It, 
it does feel like we got to be due something again soon, don't you think? I hope so, but it's also too much of a good thing potentially and what can you still do with the game to expand it so these guys only seem to pump out expansions that actually make a difference to the game Mm, yeah so i'd like to hope that the reason we're waiting so long is either for something good or they don't want to ruin it yeah i'd like to i'd like to think that i'd definitely agree um there's no point in making an expansion for an expansion's sake Um, many games do though yeah, unfortunately. But they seem to have their head screwed on and they're not doing that. Um so if you had to if you had to rate them, what what sort of order would you would you say them let's let's just start giving a rating on each one. Yeah, alright. So urban structures. We both said this was this wasn't a bad one, including the elevators. We've used this quite a lot. This is the first expansion we probably ease people into after doing like a proper early base game demo game sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd give this a solid like seven or eight out of ten. Yeah, I think I would. I would definitely agree with that. Um, seven, seven and a half, eight out of ten is is very worthy of urban instructions. It is a nice step up from the base game itself. Um, obviously, at the time you're still using the hotspot mechanic, um, but if you combine that with the much later expansion. That's where you start hitting the eights, I think, because it just makes it just that little bit more bearable. Yeah. Leading on, second story. This is a little bit of an unfair one to rate properly because we can't even remember if we own this. Mm. So um, the mechanics it brought in were good, but having them sort of brought in in better ways later on down the line, I'm going to give this a preemptive six because I feel it's unfair to penalise it for us not having really played it much. Yeah, I mean, if, if this turns out that we don't actually own this, then, you know, we, we sort of give it, redo our ratings at some point if we find out that we haven't got it and we managed to get it and play it. But I think to say six or seven is uh, yeah. is, is fair um, because the next one that we're going to talk about has exactly the same stuff uh, involved in it. So we get a rough idea of how second stories should play. Um, we've seen the maps for definite, so we're able to get a good idea of how thing how these things are actually played. But yeah, um, yeah, six six or seven, I think, is fine for second story. This leads us on to extreme danger. I think this is another good solid eight, expanding on with easy sort of expansions on mechanics, um, with two good maps, um, and the ability with this. Actually, I'm going to say eight or nine. The ability to then combine this with other expansions and the base game to give a bigger house or a bigger structure as well mm. that that thing's really really good yeah i'm glad you actually changed it there because i was actually going to disagree with you and say this needs to be a nine for me um it's almost perfect to be honest the only reason i wouldn't say it was perfect is because it is basically second story but with a with a different map and a few extras so did it really bring anything new to the table it's hard to say. Yes, I think it did, but it was kind of a an uprated version of Second Story. But this is my... If I had to pick, or if I had to suggest expansions that people own, this is the second one on my list as a, as a must-own. So, yeah, not at 9 out of 10 for me on this one. So, the next one, Veteran and Rescue Dog. Solid 10. 10. 10. <laughs> No Playing questions. as a dog in the game, just 10. 
Um, I mean, all joking aside, it is. It, 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 it still it, actually warrants a nine or so. Yeah. For a mini yeah. expansion, as long as you take it for what it is, and it is a mini expansion. Yeah, I mean, this um, this probably added the the minimum to the game, being the sense of it is literally just two new characters. Um, all joking aside, the veteran is incredibly good. Um, it does change a lot of game mechanics. But so uh, can the dog. It dog changes the game because mm. it's either a really useful or a really useless character with very little in between. Yeah. And that I, can change on a t- within a turn. Yeah, I, I think this game itself actually makes players work together as a team but you add in these two characters and it just sort of turns that up to 11 um because these characters work exceptionally well but they only work exceptionally well if you've got a good team surrounding you yep so yeah all joke aside this is a 9 or 10 for me because it does change the game and it's value for money as well. Being such a small expansion, it's one of the cheaper ones too. Exactly. And is readily available. Right. So another one that's a difficult one to to give a good rating for because we haven't had much time to explore is Dangerous Waters. Mm. I'm going to go for an 8, preliminary 8, because I like the idea of having the boat and the submarine. And again, this will lead on to Honor and Duty in a second as well. Having yeah. the different types instead of just buildings all the time was a huge games changer and a very welcome change. Um, It makes for a completely different strategy for the games. Um, But I just, we haven't had the time to really play test it that much. So it's difficult to give it a fair rating. It might be higher. It might be lower. I don't know. Yeah. I think, um, I think I have played this maybe one more time than you. If, if that, Um, and again, it's still not had a fair trial with me. However, I am going to stick it, at a solid eight with a perspective of going to an eight and a half. Uh, the reason that I would maybe go a little bit higher, I really like the fact that you've essentially stretched out the buildings and it makes it very difficult because when the fire starts to spread, it's not like in the houses where you could potentially go round the fire, being that the buildings are longer, thinner. It's a lot harder to do that. It means you're far more immersed into having to fight the fire in order to get where you're going. The bulkheads is awesome for me because, again, it's parts of the... I'll, I'll say the word building. It's parts of the building that cannot be damaged, whereas in the house, uh, everything can be damaged. All the walls can be damaged. So that sort of adds a nice sort of touch of realism to it as well. So yeah, I'd say eight, eight and a half is a fair assumption for Dangerous Waters at this juncture. Um, Honour and Duty next. So same sort of principle, subway station and airfield. Um, I have had a good few goes at these. And again, this is why I wanted to give the last one a higher score than I did, but I was being fair without having really tested it. This one's going to get a solid nine from me. Nice. Yeah, again, this is probably one of my lesser played ones. Um, I love the introduction of the foam on the deck gun, but I, I, I'm going to go in at eight and a half with this one. So slightly lower than Ian. Not quite as good as the Extreme Danger expansion, which is why it is slightly less, but it is a indeed a very good expansion. Probably my third recommendation. And that leads us on to the last expansion. I've harped on about it enough. This is a solid 12 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, jokes aside, 10 out of 10 for tragic events because 
it did it gave the game a new lease of life you know a full sort of six years after it first came out and countless expansions they managed to install a, a, an expansion that changed the game to such an extent without breaking any other rules it was exceptionally well done they clearly put a lot of time and effort into this expansion and the other thing is with with the changing of the hotspot mechanic it showed that they were listening to the community that played their game so i think this is as we've said we've said it countless times this is the number one must have expansion if you own this game um if anyone out there has got this expansion and doesn't want it there is a very very much a want from me get in touch i want to buy it uh, <laughs> <laughs> i am insanely jealous of ian because he does have this expansion and i do not um but this the second i can get this expansion i'm, I'm getting it and it will not leave the game afterwards so yeah tragic tragic events a solid 10 out of 10 12 out of 10 <laughs> so yeah that that's our sort of ratings for all of those um as i i sort of said it throughout that my number one recommendation is tragic events number two will be extreme danger followed by uh honor of duty or honor and duty sorry how dare you forget the rescue dog <laughs> the i mean that one's uh an easy one because it's so cheap you know that that to me is just in it is just a a buy with the, the game itself <laughs> but um, we do have an honourable mention to talk about. We won't go into it too much, but there is indeed an honourable mention. There is a PC version of this game um, under Steam. Follows under the same name. Um, again, we haven't really had much time to play it too much, but it is a fully fledged um, 3D rendered game, you know, with moving pieces and all that sort of stuff, designed to play the same way that the Flashpoint base game does. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've played it a little bit recently. It is a proper PC game. It's not like a a board game adaptation. It's just played the same way, so you still get your four action points and all that kind of stuff. It, it's very, very well done. There's clearly been a lot of money installed into making it. And I would definitely recommend it, providing you can get it for a good price. It regularly goes on sale, on the Steam sale. So I think it's definitely worth having. I know I own it. I believe Ian owns it as well. I've only ever played it solo. So how it plays as a multiplayer, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I think it's it's good fun. So that is our discussion about the expansions for Flashpoint fire and rescue are you glad that we managed to do this ian i am and i'd love to hear what other people think about both the base game and all of its expansions yeah find out if people actually feel the same way as we do like as to which expansions are must have and whether we're right or wrong about how they change the game so yeah we'd love to hear from hear from any of you that have listened to this and hear your opinions contact us on uh any of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just search for Meeple Minded Media. You will find us. We will be there. Uh, you can also find us on our Discords. Links to that will be in the description of this podcast. So, and with that, I think it's time to move on to our own veteran. I'm not sure if he's experienced at all. He's certainly old, and he's certainly good at making fires. Over to you, Paul and Brian. <laughs> I am so going to get shot for that. Good morning, Brian. 
I know, late night for us, wasn't it? Fun though, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, for our faithful listeners, we both took part in a playtest last night. That's the night before we record for a game coming soon to Kickstarter. You may have heard us mention it here or there on the podcast and indeed Jason unboxing it over on the Meeple Minded YouTube's channel. The game being from our good friends over at Stop, Drop and Roll and the game is Earth Rising 20 Years to Transform Our Planet. Yeah, I know, we didn't quite manage it, did we? But we were very, very, very close. And I think if we hadn't messed up a couple of rules early on, we may have been okay. Have you played anything like it? No, me neither. It certainly was something very unique and wonderfully so, both mechanically and visually. They've done a tremendous job and I'll be happy and eager to play it again. You too, huh? Well, we'll have to get over to Jason's once we're allowed and play on the actual copy he has. To be honest, I haven't had that much fun since, you know, we got drunk. You dress as a chicken and I chase you through KFC yelling, get back in the bloody fryer. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I miss going to KFC. But unfortunately, the band still stands. Good times, good times. Well, in a nutshell, the game is fantastic. Both Jason, Ian and myself will be keeping a very close eye on it and bringing more on it to the channels in the coming weeks. Right, on to the news. You okay with that? Good, good. What seems to be a running theme the past few weeks has been the amount of video games making their way to a table near us. What with the likes of big digital hitters like Horizon Zero Dawn, Space Invaders, Assassin's Creed, Bloodborne, Fallout, Dark Souls and recently Stardew Valley already gracing our tables or awaiting fulfilment, together with the recent news regarding Rainbow Six, Elder Scrolls and Monster Hunter making their way to crowdfunding and stores pretty soon. Last week, Steam Forged Games posted a blog detailing a few upcoming games in development, including small teases for a competitive card game based on the Sonic the Hedgehog series, as well as a Sea of Thieves board game. The Sonic teaser gave very little substance beyond a logo featuring the blue blur's face and the title Sonic the Card Game, and a tagline, Sonic's the name and speed is the game, literally. Join the beloved Blue Blur in a competitive card racing game where you'll collect power-ups and rings to win. The post, with another image showing a salty backdrop of sand, a treasure chest full of coins, a handsome skull and a compass, a graphic in the middle read, with golden teases we are bidden, but this secret shall remain hidden. Treasure galore you shall receive if you can brave the sea of... The last word likely completes the title Rare's multiplayer video game Sea of Thieves, a popular collaborative action-adventure game about finding, or indeed stealing, treasure in a shared world. Other players might help fend off a deadly kraken, but are just as likely to swing onto another ship to plunder its hard-earned booty. While some video game adaptations are being worked on, others are just being cancelled. IDW Games has just announced the cancellation of the upcoming tabletop adaptation of Super Bomberman. A tweet from Sean Dallas MacDonald, the designer behind the game, the release of Super Bomberman R Blast Tactics has been officially cancelled due to unforeseen issues faced by its publisher. McDonald didn't elaborate on what these issues exactly were, but mentioned an earlier announcement by Nazca Games, the studio founded by Emerson Matsuchi, the creator behind the recently cancelled 
Metal Gear Solid the board game. The writing was on the wall from Nazca Games' earlier announcement, but I can now officially say the Bomberman board game from IWG has also been cancelled, tweeted McDonald. With both the Metal Gear Solid and Bomberman video game franchises still owned by Konami, but the designs to the board games still owned by McDonald and Matsuchi, both remain undecided on how to proceed with their games, although Matsuchi is making tracks to publish the game himself. The popular co-op game Pandemic saw a boost in sales in 2020, as intrepid players took on the roles of medics, researchers and scientists in a hope to understand the scope of the real pandemic we're all currently experiencing. And with the current pandemic still a major part of our lives, the Swiss publisher Helvetic is bringing its latest game, Save Patient Zero, to a table near you soon. Save Patient Zero pits two to five players split into two teams, representing rival labs, with one player representing a lab computer called Savvy, a new pathology has just appeared. Patient Zero has been identified, and it's up to you to find the antidote as soon as possible to save the patient and humanity. The labs compete to identify an antidote of three molecules, with the labs typically sharing no information with one another. Whichever lab finds the antidote first wins. The general idea of the game is to use the lab tools in the best sequence possible to identify the three molecules out of 25 that make up the antidote. Each lab has a finite number of actions in its 18 card deck, especially the antidote action because if you fail to identify the correct three molecules a second time, then your lab loses the game automatically. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding now, and the first game up is Death Valley. It's by Buttonshy Games, and it's a 1-2 player game. Only takes 15 minutes to play, ages for 8 and upwards. The project ends on March 27th. And the pledges come in at a print and play for £3 or $3. The game itself and the expansion is only £8 or $10. Intro to Button Shy Bundle is £22 or $30, which includes Death Valley and its expansion, plus Sprawlopolis and Tussie Mussy, the latter being designed by Elizabeth Hargraves. You can also get a real life bundle which again is at £22 or $30. It includes Death Valley and the expansion, plus Horios and Skulls of Sedlap. Sunlight glaring through the windshield, your favourite songs blasting through the speakers. Candy bar wrappers piled next to a warm drink in that cheap plastic cup holder. Your companion riding in the passenger seat, snapping pictures of landmarks as you settle into the hypnotic rhythm of the road. But be careful, this fun road trip could get dangerous as you drive through Death Valley. As with all button-shy games, Death Valley is a pocket-sized, push-your-luck, tableau-building game for 1-2 players, with each traveller striving to assemble the best mix of cards in their journey and scrapbook in order to win the game. Cards feature stars or points and special abilities, they affect the value and position of the cards, and some interesting facts about Death Valley itself. Each card also has a hazard, heat, terrain, flood or animals listed. Having three of the same hazard visible in their tableau will cause the player to bust and lose all the progress in their journey. Next up on Kickstarter is Champions Rise by Nefarious Duck. It's for 2-5 players, it'll take you 45-120 to 120 minutes to complete, it's ages 13 and up, projects due to end on April the 16th. The base game and stretch goals will set you back £33 or $45. 
Champions Rise is a cooperative card game with light deck building themes. Play cards and use energy to rise, fight and defeat an endless onslaught of enemies. You will play as a champion with different and exciting abilities against a villain whose sole purpose is to defeat you in the most merciless way possible in a battlefield that can help tip the scales to victory. The objective of Champions Rise is to defeat the villain while playing in a battlefield as a team of champions. Each villain and battlefield have their own sets of rules that will change the gameplay significantly on repeat playthroughs. And lastly on Kickstarter this week is Nutty Squirrels of the Oakwood Forest. It's by Tin Robot Games, it's for 1 to 6 players, it takes 20 to 45 minutes to play, it's for ages 8 and over and the project finishes on Friday April the 16th. The pledge level is £29 or $40. Nutty Squirrels of the Oakwood Forest is a press your luck resource collecting get ready for winter board game involving squirrels with some personality. The unique game builds the board using a series of leaf cards spreading out into six branches from the centre of the tree. Each turn, players have three actions to utilise across whichever mix they wish. Will you move on to leaves cards using your movement, flip a leaves cards to discover power-ups or icons, bury icons for the winter. Players can carry up to three power-up cards at a time, which can give them extra actions, allow them to carry more acorns, steal acorns from other players, swing over broken branches, or unleash an owl to take out their opponent. The game ends when a player is the first to bury a total of 20 acorns, or when there are no more cards left to flip, in which case the highest score of acorns wins. And over to events. Gen Con is one of the largest tabletop conventions and was due to take place in August in Indianapolis from the 5th to the 8th. However, recent announcements show a short postponement, moving the event to September 16th to the 19th. This is in order to meet the challenges of the moment. Though not specified, it is unlikely to be in reference to anything other than COVID, which allows them to offer a range of flexible opportunities to get involved. This means people can attend the show physically, but with a capped attendance and a modified format, or at home through Gen Con online events, which will include live streaming, remote events and community on Discord, and also at friendly local game stores through pop-up Gen Con conventions, where publishers' games will be available to stores for demos, events and purchases. UKGE, scheduled for Friday 30th of July down to Sunday 1st of August, has recently made an announcement in regard to the event. Firstly, they have had to decrease in size as the convention itself is reduced to two halls instead of the usual three. This in turn will impact both the tournaments and bring and buy that were due to be held. Secondly, the Hilton Metropole Hotel, where most of the RPGs, open gaming and linked events were to be held, has decided to close for refurbishment until at least September. <laughs> Yeah, I know, that's where we were supposed to be staying, isn't it? Uh, so, anybody planning on staying at the hotel have been told to contact the hotel directly or through any third party you may have booked with, as this is out of UKGE's control. Organisers stated it's been a very difficult year for everyone, but we are still hopeful that we can deliver a live show by the end of July. We are currently waiting for the outcome of the event's research programme, which is due to report by June on how we can safely run a major event. In a positive note, all three halls have been secured for 2022. So in a nutshell, no Hilton or bring and buy, reduced open gaming events and tournaments, but the Trade Hall and the Vikings are out in full force. As always in this climate, things may change between now and then, 
so we'll keep you posted here or keep checking the socials for more information. As for local gaming groups, online gaming continues with the addition of a Wednesday evening of gaming run by the comic shop in Crawley and hosted by ours truly Jason. It's run via the comic shop's Discord server with gamers playing on a variety of platforms. Thursday is the usual Worthing Board Gamers and Lewis Board Game Cafe groups on Zoom, so go and check out their socials for more information. Mondays is Jason, Ian and the Crawley Gaming Community's time via their Discord server. So, that's all from us this week. Look after yourselves, meeples. Stay safe. Keep those dice rolling and cards shuffling. And we'll be right here for you next week. It's goodbye from the ducks. And it's a goodbye from me. Till next week. Thank you very much, that Paul, and uh, thank you, Brian, for the news once again. I have to disagree, actually, with what Ian said in the lead-up to that. I don't think that Paul is a veteran in any way, shape, or form. He far better resembles the dog. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, by that I mean he's very furry. You know, he's got a big beard. And Nothing very else. friendly. <laughs> and very, very friendly indeed. <laughs> But anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us for our discussion about the expansions for Flashpoint. As we've said in the previous episode, we are incredibly passionate about this game. It is one of my collection keepers. Um, it may not be the best game in the world, but it's definitely not a, a bad game in any way, shape or form. It is fantastic and is a great game to introduce new gamers to as well. I, I actually rate this higher as a as an introductory game than the likes of Ticket to Ride. So it really does rank high for me. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add today, Ian? Again, just as a, to reiterate again, I would love to hear people's opinions. And how. And again, this game sits as a high, highly rated game in my collection. And I hope other people enjoy this as much as I do. Indeed. Um, I think we're going to sign off there. I'm going to take this time to plug our... YouTube channel, which is now receiving very, very regular video content. And by the time you hear this, there will be content up for a Kickstarter exclusive preview. And I will break the news here. It is for Earth Rising 20 years to transform our world. It's from Stop, Drop and Roll Games. By the time you hear this, there will be a video up with the unboxing of what will come in the Kickstarter box. We will also be doing a how to play and providing we can somehow find a way to get together to review it, we are going to review that game both here and on video. Are you looking forward to that one, Ian? I am. It should be really good fun. It looks a very, very good game. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. We will be back next Tuesday morning. My name's been Jason. He's been Ian. We'll see you then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.